Welcome, loyal listener, to another episode of Engaging Experts with Journal of Clinical Pathways, 15-minute conversations with innovators in value-based care. On today's episode, we sat down with Mrs. Ann Hubbard, MBA, of the American Society for Radiation Oncology at the ACCC Annual Meeting and Cancer Center Business Summit to discuss updates on CMS's mandatory radiation alternative payment model, inclusion of radiation therapy in the oncology care first model, and other topics. So in August of 2019, you and I spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, this was right after the news was announced that you know, CMS had, was laying out this mandatory alternative right. payment model mm-hmm. on uh, radiation oncology, and it was set to begin in January of this year. Where are we currently in the timeline of the model implementation? So you're right. Uh, in the proposed rule, the agency was proposing either a January 1 or an April 1, 2020 uh-huh. start date. That did not happen. Um, my understanding is that the agency received so many comments on the proposed rural language with so many recommended changes that um, it's taken them some time to process through all of those recommendations and develop the final rule. Um, my impression is that the final rule is currently under review and I'm hopeful we'll see it in the next month or two. Now does that mean if the new rule comes out in the next month or two that it would there would be an immediate sort of implement. Did the model would begin right away? Or? So I don't think it will begin right away. I mean, okay. the agency is going to need some time to operationalize the model, and practices, of course, are going to need some time to ramp up and um, be ready yeah. to operationalize it internally. So I'm expecting that the final rule will come out, and uh, the agency will either recommend mm-hmm. a July 1 start date or even potentially a January 1, 2021 start date. Um, but my understanding is that the agency is very interested in getting this started in 2020. When we last spoke, you had also mentioned that, you know, while Astro was enthusiastic about working with CMS on this uh, program, there you were relatively concerned, speaking for Astro, of course, mm-hmm. about uh, a few things, namely the mandatory aspect of the model. Uh, you also mentioned the uh, the required 40% of episodes, mm-hmm. the discount rates, and the withhold percentages, amongst other things. Oh, so yeah. there's clearly a couple of concerns, and I'm curious, now that some time has passed, uh, are these concerns still valid, or are there are new ones based on the comments? They, they, they are very much still valid. We are very concerned that this model will be, will be released as a mandatory model, and um, that's going to be a significant issue, particularly given that it's never been tested. So we're hoping that similar to the comprehensive joint replacement model, there'll be a phase-in period where there may not be any downside risk in the first year, and then a transition to mandatory. Um, we are continuing to advocate for voluntary at the outset and then shifting to to mandatory if that's what the agency wants to do. Um, We also remain very concerned about the payment methodology. It was very complex and it included a series of um, payment cuts that would be untenable for many practices. And um, we remain concerned about those key issues as well as the quality measures reporting requirements that are burdensome in many ways. Mm-hmm. So we're hopeful that this final rule will include some modifications based on our recommended changes. Has it become more clear which radiation oncology groups fall under the criteria of mandatory participation under that umbrella yet? It has not. Okay. And um, you know that's another area of concern. 40% of eligible episodes was the, the criteria included in the proposed rule. Um, we're hoping, again, if they're going to insist on mandatory that it's phased in, and if it has to be mandatory, phased in over a smaller percentage of episodes, um, because that's going to be a significant um, change for a lot of practices. And if we can, you know, have a smaller group um, participate, 
then I think it will be less cumbersome for the um, specialty as a whole. You know, I'm curious also if there are any of the um, the aspects of the model that Astro is particularly very happy, excited about as well, or, or aspects that you think are commendable. Sure. So there were aspects of the model that were very much in alignment with a proposal that we sent to CMMI in April of 2017. Okay. And so those aspects that are reflected in the model include recognition for the fact that radiation oncology takes place in both freestanding as well as hospital-based settings. And so the agency recognized that by establishing three distinct participant levels. So there's your um, technical participant, your professional participant, and a dual participant. The technical and professional participants recognize that those services are paid differently in the hospital setting. The dual participant represents the fact that those freestanding center, centers are getting both a professional and a technical payment. So we thought that that was a really good way of parsing out the difference in the, the payments associated with hospital versus freestanding centers. Um, we also felt that to some extent the 90-day episode of care makes a lot of sense. There are complexities associated with that that we've asked the agency to clarify in the final rule, but that 90-day episode of care aligns very much with what we had recommended in our proposal as well. So those are some of the key pieces that we felt um, made the most sense. Um, the quality measures, the, the four key measures are um, MIPS comparable measures. Hmm. Um, at the outset, I think if the agency wants to use those, those are going to be appropriate because a lot of practices are probably already implementing them as part of the MIPS program. Um, so those are kind of the components that we feel like those are, are reasonable and they were somewhat a reflection of what we had recommended. I'm, I'm assuming that much of your presentation is more or less going to be discussing this model. Or is there more to discuss? So it's interesting. The problem that we see with OCM is that there's been a 9% decline in radiation therapy utilization between the baseline and that first evaluation period for practices that are participating in OCM. And practices participating in OCM utilize radiation therapy overall 20% less of the time than practices outside of that model. Why do you think that is? So I think it's a combination of things. It may be that um, you know appropriate care is taking place and a patient may not need radiation therapy during that six-month episode of care. Mm -hmm. However, if you think about it, the way that model is designed, it puts the medical oncologist in charge of the six-month episode of care. And so the medical oncologist is making a determination of what needs to happen in that six-month episode. So there may be a disincentive to make the referral to the radiation oncologist because if you think about it, radiation therapy is also a very expensive modality of care. And if you're the medical oncologist and you're worried about meeting a, a target price, then moving that radiation therapy referral outside of the six-month episode or not making it at all becomes somewhat yeah. attractive. Yeah. And so... Our argument has always been, let's make radiation therapy a distinct model. Either pay it fee-for-service or pay it through an RO model. And um, the idea being that one of the tenets of value-based payment is that you make the physician um, or provide the physician with the opportunity to control the cost that they're accountable for. Medical oncologists aren't accountable for radiation therapy cost. And so to really truly meet that tenant, you've got to give the medical oncologist the responsibility for the drug spend and the radiation oncology um, specialist the, the responsibility for the RT spend. That's one of the points that I'd like to make during this panel discussion. Um, the other piece associated with this panel discussion is kind of like, you know, the overall, you know, what should practices take away from all of this? And I think the important thing that practices need to take away from 
you know, some of the work that's happening right now, and we're in a somewhat dynamic period of change as far as payment is concerned, people need to understand that this is not going away. Value-based payment is here to stay. The, you know, the agency has said, you know, we've had the five-year run with the oncology care model. We want to change it um, starting in 2021 by implementing OCF, which is just really kind of the iteration of OCM. We have this radiation oncology APM that's going to be coming out. And so value-based payment isn't going away. And, you know, if you're a radiation oncologist, you might say, oh, I'd rather stay in fee-for-service or, you know, I'd rather continue getting payment through the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule or HOPS. The problem with that is that rate stability and the fee schedule is likely to go away because we have had a freeze on the G-codes for a number of years, and it's potentially going to go away once we get this RO model operationalized. The other thing is, in the hospital outpatient setting, the agency has established a comprehensive ambulatory payment classification system. And the problem with that system is that it doesn't adequately recognize the component costs associated with delivering radiation therapy. So it's almost like they're little mini bundles within that hospital outpatient prospective payment system too. And if those don't adequately recognize all the component coding for radiation therapy, then that's not necessarily a great payment system either. Mm. So there's all sorts of different dynamics going on. And while a lot of people, I think, are very concerned about what the RO model is going to lead to, my hope is that if we can get the modifications that we've requested, that what will ultimately happen is that it will lend itself to rate stability over a period of time. Mm.